Welcome to this episode of the Heartbeat for Hire podcast. I feature Olympians, CEOs, disruptors, authors, professional athletes, and the best of the best, where they share their stories of resilience with my lens on leadership and culture. Let's get started. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Heartbeat for Hire. Let me introduce my amazing guest today. Derek Strokon is the two-time international best-selling author of Stop Stalling and Start Selling and Human Being Human. He is a TEDx speaker, leader, and business consultant whose practice focuses on resilience development and process implementation. He's the chief inspiration officer, love that, of Sacred Line Consulting, president of Everyday Human, CEO of Polar Cold Caps Canada, and founder of The Kindness Cures. Derek spends the majority of his education development time studying resilience and hero culture, working on strategies to minimize the amount of time that interferes with, that life interferes with living. Derek, welcome to the show. So Thank you so much, you. Lizzie. It's awesome to be here. I'm grateful. Thank you. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. We have so much that we can talk about. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your story and your background? Right, yeah. So I left corporate, I had a corporate career and it was going great. Um, and and nothing in that that really drove a negative spike into it, but it was really time for me to make a shift and venture out on my own. So January, 2022, I left the corporate world. I ventured, you know, dove head first into entrepreneurship and it's been a wild journey. Honestly, like the journey I'm finding is finding me rather than the other way around. And, and you know, what I started to pursue with Sacred Line has just added layer upon layer upon layer of other yeah. opportunities that really fit my mission and, and my vision. So I'm I'm having a great time with it. And I've had some really fortunate, you know, experiences along the way. I, I love that. And I think a, a lot of entrepreneurs discover that it's not a straight line. And as you're kind of going down that path, you end up collaborating with people. You end up, you know, creating things you never knew you could. And it's, that's the gift of being an entrepreneur and you, you have the latitude to do those things. So that's, that's really cool. So one of the causes, which is, and I shouldn't say cause one of the companies that I think is so incredible and so, um, heart led heart centered is the cold caps and i'd love for you to tell people what it is what it does and really why you created it right so i had the fortune in january of 2023 to deliver my first tedx and that alone is a whole separate conversation congratulations thank you amazing life-changing empowering you know the believe in yourself again, um, kind of thing, the experience that happened with that. But one of the other speakers on the stage was a lady named Kelsey Kerrigan. Mm -hmm. And Kelsey is an amazing, amazing woman. And she gave her talk on cold capping. And I'd never heard of this before. And I couldn't believe that I'd never heard of this before. But Kelsey at age 32 was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. Um, She underwent a double mastectomy. Um, a mom, wife, but mom of two young boys. And there's a line in her talk. And she said, you know, how would I show up as me? And how would I show up as a mama? And that friggin' line makes me cry every single time. It's mm. hearing her talk about her focus was still support and care of others. Yeah. But the one thing that she did for herself was she discovered cold capping and it's not a new idea this has been around for 
20 years, there are uh, clinical trials and studies done that prove the effectiveness of this. It is not a, you know, a heebie-jeebie wooju um, <laughs> kind of a Explain what it is, because people don't but, know. I mean, yeah, but it, essentially, I know, but... what this does is allows you to keep your hair as you're going through chemo. Yeah. And the mechanics of this are very, very um, simple. Essentially, it is a gel-based cap that you keep on dry ice, and then you wear it just on chemo day. So you start about an hour before, you've got to swap the caps out every half hour, and then wear it up to about an hour words after your chemo treatment has stopped. And what it does is actually freezes the hair follicle, so it restricts the ability for the chemo drug to be absorbed into your mm -hmm. hair. And what that does is it keeps your hair healthy, it keeps your hair follicle healthy, and in most cases, you end up not losing your hair through chemo. Now, there is some hair loss, and it's not a guaranteed treatment but even for those who do experience hair loss their regrowth happens quicker because they haven't damaged right. the hair follicle and that honestly is nothing about the hair it's about empowering um you know typically women um you know over 95% of our customers yeah. are women um and and really we we tend to i guess gain a lot of traction in the breast cancer community um as well. And I think when you think of the invasion of privacy on your femininity when it comes to breast cancer, sure. um, layering on losing your hair on top of that, right? The well, you, you amount that about... people identify with their hair is is massive. And and to be able to keep the privacy though, that's the big thing, is that it allows you, empowers you to choose who you tell rather than them knowing no right away. I think um there is so much identity wrapped up in our hair, whether you're a yeah. man or a woman. And certainly we've, we've all seen cancer patients, friends, strangers who clearly right. have the scarf or they have no hair and yeah. you immediately, you know, it pulls on your heartstrings and you feel sorry for them. And right. it's just a knee jerk reaction, but I totally believe you having the ability to choose who you share that with is up to you. And when you can yeah. keep your hair, it's one less thing you're fighting and you're yeah. already fighting for your health. You're Absolutely. already fighting for your strength and your courage to get through the tough journey you're going through. But to be able to remove that one piece that is so, so hard for everyone. Yeah. I think it's just so amazing. So how yeah. did you get involved? So did you and Kelsey turn this into? Yeah. So Kelsey and I just became really great friends right off the bat. It was one of those instant connections and Kelsey had raised some money to buy a few sets of caps that she um, donated to other women as they were going through treatment. So she would donate them at no charge. And I said, well, how many do you have? She said three. And only I'm like, well, <laughs> that's only three people that you can help. So I said, you know, we have a cancer foundation. It actually was named something else, but we've renamed it after Kelsey. We've renamed it Kindness Cures. Mm -hmm. um, so we had money sitting in our existing cancer foundation. I'm like, well, I'm going to buy you three sets because I've got money sitting dormant and I know that we can allocate it and it fits 100% with the purpose. Um, we ended up actually buying five. And then I had a friend up north from where we are. And I said, hey, I need you to be, you know, help be the person who um, hands these out to families. And he said, well, five's not very many. I'll buy five. Oh, I love it. And I'm like, oh, my God, like the outpouring of support so cool. that has come with this conversation has just been so yeah. huge. And I ended up just realizing I needed to meet 
the owner of the organization. Um, so Aronzo is an amazing man. He has been running this uh, business on his on his own um, and discovered that this was actually my calling. Mm-hmm. And I look at, you know, I've been volunteering with the Cancer Society for 20 years, but I didn't know why. I worked in financial services and in insurance for 16 yeah. years, and I knew why, but I didn't know what that was going to provide for leverage for me to, for us to be able to move forward with pursuing getting cold caps covered as a medical device under group benefits. So that's one of the big battles that we're fighting right now. And, and the conversations are great with the insurance companies. They just, they've got their due diligence to work out um, on how they support this. But I just, I realized I needed to be involved. So it has honestly become my mission, you know, amongst the other organizations, but they all do fit in in what I call my sacred line, um, which is what I stand for as a person. I have 14 words that represent me as a human. Mm-hmm. And I'll say yes to things that tie into that. I'll say no to things that don't. And polar cold caps, honestly, it just it tied right in and I needed I, I knew I needed to jump in. So oh, I love how you found your purpose that way. I yeah. think that's so, so brilliant. And I love what you're doing. So I know you're in Canada, but yeah, is our are, are polar caps covered by insurance? I mean, in Canada, it's different than the US. Right. But... Yeah. So we're having moderate success at this point in okay. the US. Um, in Europe, interestingly enough, it's covered under their universal Medicare. Mm. So that gives us some strength and some leverage sure. to be able to go to the insurance companies. So um, for those who have group benefits and medical coverage under their group benefits plan, um, we're happy to help advocate for this. In a lot of cases, medical plans will cover wigs. Mm. And I think this is one of the biggest things that's going to help us get cold capping. Right. Is that if you can keep your own hair versus wearing somebody else's, yeah. if wearing someone else's hair is covered, keeping your own should be as well. So um, we're having moderate success right now, but it's one of the biggest focuses that I have yeah. right now is to is to help drive the cost down because our production cost and transportation and logistics, right? It, it makes it, um, yeah. you know, it's a bill that you don't need on top of everything else that you're going through. So if we can help bring that down, then that's, it's going to be amazing. How much does it cost and how does consumers buy it? Yeah. So U S dollars, they're uh, 1,495. So 1495 U S comes out just under $2,000 Canadian Mm -hmm. Um, uh, available direct to consumer on polarcoldcaps.com. So we just, we can process the order right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Inez who runs our customer service department is just amazing. So she's at the 800 number um, for any questions. And she just, she's so passionate about helping guide women through this through this journey and answering questions because there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of snake oil and there's a lot of con you know oh you should be doing juicing and you should be doing that and all of them are great but layer that on top of what's going to happen with work can my husband take care of the kids am I going to survive how are we going to maneuver through this and then you add the myriad of other things so that's that's why our focus is really on bringing awareness to this product so that in the event that you needed it, you already know about it Mm -hmm. because that makes, right. I always have said, I think, you know, this is one of my sales concepts, but it it ties in that the difference between a good decision and a bad decision is how much time you have to make it. Yeah. I'm so happy to, I'm so happy to promote this message and share it with the audience. I think it's 
so important that people know. And I saw um, a principal addressing a class of kids in elementary school recently. And he asked, does anybody in this room know somebody who, or is related to, or know somebody who's been diagnosed with cancer and the entire right. audience raised their hand. So it's right. not like it's never going right. to come your way. I mean, yeah. we all know somebody, if not many. Right. And um, yeah, that's why I think this was so important having you on. But this isn't the only thing you do. No. And you have a big background in sales like me. And yeah. you've been a leader and you've noticed incredible things about leaders. Talk a little bit about your other work and what you do. And then I want to get into your observations. Yeah, for sure. I think like, the other really exciting passion project is Everyday Human. Mm -hmm. So um, information about that is at everydayhuman.me. And our objective with this company is to raise $10 million for charity, mm -hmm. um, charities and causes in Canada and the US. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing. The, the purpose behind this is really to get businesses to bring a philanthropic yeah. and a charitable giving mindset into the business plan. Yep. Because there's so many businesses that we speak to and they go, you know, I would love to donate as soon as I can afford to do it. Yeah. And that date just continually gets pushed out. If we don't put philanthropy and if we don't put giving as part of the primary objective of our business, if we are not running a for-purpose business, the charitable component merely becomes an opportunity for a tax receipt. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second because- yeah. You know, we're seeing in the financial industry, there's huge emphasis on ESG, so environmental, right. social governance, yeah. like, and gosh, isn't that refreshing. Sure. But, you know, there's all these companies are starting to really um, have a bit more of a mindset about this. You know, we saw this yeah. wonderful push um, during the pandemic, right after George Floyd of, you right. know, major DE&I focus, major yeah. inclusion, belonging, like all of the good things. And then the great layoffs came. Yeah. And all those teams got decimated. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of different ways to skin this cat. But can you talk a little bit about why it's so important for a business to have a focus like this? Attention, visionary leaders. Are you ready to elevate your leadership style and create an exceptional workplace that stands out from the crowd? I'm here to introduce you to a game-changing resource that will transform the way you lead and shape your company culture. It's time to embrace the power of top-down culture. This practical guide empowers your leadership for lasting success, helping you create a workplace where everyone thrives. Get top-down culture today and let's reshape the future of leadership together. Yeah, honestly, um, so I'm part of an amazing group called, called Go Big to Give Big. Mm -hmm. And Go Big to Give Big is really about getting involved and engaged and bringing that philanthropic nature. So um, I would say like my opinion on this is definitely driven and, and um, you know, that it's exponentially impacted by my involvement in that group. But if we think about why we're in business, right, somebody explained to me once that every job is just moving something from one place to another, <laughs> And you can define every business. You define my business as your business, um, Coca-Cola. You can define Walmart. You can all it every business, legal firms, anything is just moving something from one place to another place. So, if at the base level that's all we're doing, then we're not doing enough. Mm -mm. 
um, we need to be understanding why, put, putting the why behind why are we moving this from here to over here and helping out and thinking, you know, when you start thinking in this mindset of abundance versus the mindset of scarcity, yep. then new worlds open up. And I think like, if I look at my journey from corporate to entrepreneurship, I really had to embrace abundance. I really had to embrace that philosophy. Yeah. And if we, you know, we think of, oh, I can't give money away because I need it for me. Well, you're not going to get more, right? The old saying, yeah. if you chase the money, it'll never catch you. But if you let it chase you, it'll get you every time. Mm. All of this is tied into that baseline feeling of having a mandatory understanding of why are you moving something from here to over here? And that's what gives us purpose. That's what gives us, right, that that true, you know, beyond the hero culture um, understanding of why we're doing what we're doing. I love that. So, I mean, for companies that um, I know most, certainly the big tech, they all have some massive philanthropy arm. But sure. for the smaller companies that know they need to do this. Right. But they're just not yet. Yeah. And maybe they're just dipping their toe in or they're sending volunteers to a specific thing. You know, what should their vision really be? How should they tweak what they've got going to really embrace this kind of mindset? Because I don't think every company really understands why this is so important. Yeah. And I, I think the answer here is that you do it $1 at a time, that it doesn't have to be like, Yes, donating our time is incredible, but money also has a multiplier sure. to it, right? It allows us the financial side, but it doesn't have to be, you know, 30% of your bottom line, mm-hmm. but a dollar at a time. And then that's what creates the mindset. Mm-hmm. And when you take it, you know, whether it's 500 or 5,000 or 50,000 or half a million, when you give you receive so much more in return. Oh, it's so true. And, I mean, that's the and, best way to change your mindset. You right. know, if you're in a funk, go give, go volunteer, yeah. go do something because it's going to snap you out of that right. and keep you feeling that positive momentum, the joy, the, you know, all the good endorphins yeah. that we all need. Right. Like it, it's, it really is one of the driving factors behind the Kindness Cures Foundation. Mm. And, you know, Kelsey used Kindness Cures as her hashtag when she was going through chemo. And she just asked people to do a random act of kindness and then posted on Instagram with the hashtag kindness cures and just share the story so that when she was sitting there on chemo day with her head freezing cold, she could actually scroll through and she could watch and it uplifts and it raises human consciousness. It raises our awareness. It raises our endorphin levels. And that's, part of healing, mm-hmm. right? One of her lines in her talk was she said she goes to the grocery st- or she would go to the grocery store and people would see her with a full head of hair and say, Kelsey, you look strong, mm. you look healthy. It's great. And you hear that enough times and you start to believe it. And and the same thing ties into building a philanthropic, you know, piece into your business, put, you know, running a for purpose yeah. business and understanding the why between moving the one thing from one place mm-hmm. to the other. So you've worked with a lot of different leaders and Mm -hmm. one of the qualities that people are talking a lot about right now is vulnerability. And you have some really specific views on vulnerability. Can you share those? Yeah, it's, it's my favorite quote. And I actually, if I had the plaque right in this room, (laughs) I would go grab it. But, um, 
my favorite line is strength through vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I actually learned that on America's Got Talent. And I think it was Heidi, Heidi Klum's ex-husband Seal. Yeah. And he mentioned this quote and it just, it stuck with me from that day forward. And to go, you know, I always look at my job as a leader. I always describe it that my job is to shovel driveways. You know, my, my job is to get stuff out of the way so that my people who I work with and that I serve can actually go out and do what they were intended to do. Mm -hmm. So clearing that stuff out of the way. But I think, you know, Ben Burdett, he's a really good friend of mine. Um, He's a retired U.S. Army sergeant, um, one of the guys who had his finger on the red button. Mm -hmm. And he talks about that whole, you know, when you go from one rank to the next, automatically you're assumed to have to know everything in that position. And that creates mistakes if we don't approach it with vulnerability. It brings arrogance in. It brings, right, like the old... it's mindset leadership it's such a foolish concept because think about it there is no job on earth that anyone would take that they know a hundred percent of everything and if they do they're deeply overqualified so by taking the notion of i don't know everything but you people have been here for a while let me get with you and understand what the landscape looks like let me see what kinds of things we have to work with help me through the politics so i know tell me what's working what's not working but that's how a leader needs to come into an organization and a friend of mine just put a post up this last week and he said when you're a new leader you're entering someone else's house so remember that and i was like oh good one yeah yeah, I think yeah. I think of an example when we moved, we moved to a town called Kamloops, a town of about 100,000 people, and I was to take over the branch there. Yeah. We were 86 out of 88 in corporate rankings. We were on the wrong end of the scale. Oh. And in two and a half years, we moved from 86 to seventh in the country, and we were the number one growth office in the country. And I did that by shoveling driveways. I did yeah. that by strength through vulnerability i did that by listening more than speaking and it's it's not you know it's not simple but it's not complicated Mm -mm. and when you go in and go what is it that i need to do to get things out of your way how do we do this now why does it work what are the challenges what are the things that we're implementing that you think are ridiculous that we need to hear from you right the concept of never forget the factory floor Mm. Um, these are, I'm kind of drawing concepts out of stop stalling, start selling, but this idea of never forget the factory floor that a manager originally, the job was to take information from the floor and bring it up, you know, up to the upper office and let them know what they needed to fix. And then we got into hero culture and we got into this world where the, you know, the white collar was better than the blue collar. And and why did that happen? And you know, it's it's a big piece of my TEDx talk about just being yourself and mm-hmm. understanding, you know, the the human side and avoiding, you know, getting away from hero culture. Yeah. But um, there was a point where that tipped, and we went from the manager or the leader being the you know the supporter to being the um, director, mm-hmm. and I think we're we're shifting we're coming back so. you're seeing that a lot now <laughs> that, so. right the vulnerability is coming back i think when we talk about mental health that's a huge 
peace. There was a time, you know, as men, we're not supposed to talk about our feelings. No. Um, but it's okay now. And it's fine well, to say it, it's getting it's better fine to get somebody, a, you know? Yeah. It's getting better. I mean, I still see lots of people who subscribe to that old style of leadership, right. the micromanagement, the belittling, the aggression, the embarrassment, yeah. and it doesn't inspire people. It doesn't no. bring out their best. And, um, I, I, I was just giving a talk last week and I said, micromanagement never inspired anyone to do anything above and beyond. It doesn't. Right. You're, you're yeah. basically saying, I don't trust you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love that we're making this shift. I hope it's yeah. really happening. <laughs> yeah. know, I talk to so many people like you that give me great, great hope and solace that I think it is. Yeah. Um, but so, okay. So you've spent a lot of time with sales leaders. Um, yeah. What are the best sales leaders do? They listen. I think like, honestly, it's the biggest thing mm. is listen and then repeat back and then find options to make the situation improve. Mm. Seek first to understand. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. when we, when we go to that place first, we get better results, right? When we think about um, employees who don't subscribe to the policies and procedures because they don't think that anyone else cares right it's it's yeah. the relationship first it's the people first it's commonality you know we don't all have to be family in our workplace yeah. i don't i don't think that's true i think you know so many people oh here's our family well there's a lot of interesting family dynamics yeah right? so like take your own family and look inside it and go oh maybe we shouldn't be family at work right well, that's, i think that's that harder. notion that notion of family can be very dangerous and yeah. I've certainly worked for leaders that would say, we're a family Right. that was said to the leaders, which basically was translation for, you're going to hire my son when I ask you. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was never really a great feeling. Yeah. No. That was not really meant to be, I've got your back. It was more, yeah. you're going to do what I ask because I am the patriarch of this family. Right. Um, yeah. And that was unfortunate way to lead uh, and not yeah. inspiring. Yeah, but I yeah, I think honestly that's it is the seek first to understand. Yeah, I love that. Figure out where we are. No one's no one's better. The leader's job is to serve. Yeah. Um General Patton has a great line about um it's impossible to lead a piece of string by pushing it. And yeah. I think like is simple. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think the more human we make it, the better yeah. we are. 100%. So I love that. Um yeah. so you are a super inspiring individual, but oh. what inspires you? My kids. Yeah. Um, that's that's the knee-jerk answer um to that one. I think, you know, I, I've learned so much from my son. Um, they are incredible little teachers mm -hmm. about just being yourself and pursuing a life of contentment. I had a, a great conversation with um, somebody who works in hospice in end of life care. Mm. And they said, one of the most common answers that they get from people is I wish I would have lived a life more true to myself, mm. rather than pretending I was someone else. So true. And and to go, you know, we we seek this hero culture, the, the 007 lifestyle right not not your money not your stuff um but that's what we see on 
TV. That's what we see in advertising. That's how marketing works. Marketing is amazing at that, mm-hmm. right? But this whole idea, I, I actually recently put up a post about chasing shadows and that the shadows that we seek, you know, pursuing the benefits of the lives of others mm-hmm. is not the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see their life and we pursue, but they also have their own shadows and they have their demons. That's right. And it's about really just finding that life true to oneself, understanding. You know, I, I talk a lot about people like to say, you know, you are exactly where you're meant to be right now. And I think it's kind of a bunch of crap. Um, (laughs) I really believe that you are exactly where you are. And if we can take out the meant to be, or if with everything happens for a reason, if we can take out for a reason and just say everything happens, right? But it's what we do with that happen that makes the different difference in the ability that we have to impact others and i think you know i've I've made this commitment that everything i do moving forward will have a philanthropic piece to it everything that i do will be about serving others um putting myself into a place where i seek to lift others up you know since doing my tedx i've also joined the team on their curation and selection team nice Um, and we are now in the process of selecting the speakers for january 2024 excellent and that Oh, that's fantastic. It's a whole different level of high. Oh, that's so fantastic. I yeah. love hearing that. Um, yeah. And that gives me great peace of mind that we're going to have a really great roster of talent coming on the stage. Yeah. So that's yeah, wonderful. Be cool. So what would you like your legacy to be? I mean, you're already doing incredible things to help so many. Yeah, to keep operating kind of from the shadows, I think. Realizing the value of this life of contentment. You know, we made a very conscious choice. We moved um, to a ski resort two and a half years ago. Um, And we live in the mountains and my kids, we actually, kid, my kids attend the only ski in, ski out elementary school in the world. Oh, I love it. And so they, we actually, they take the ski lift to school. They ski home at the end of the day. That's what I want my legacy to be is that know that I spent as much time with my kids as I could. Know that I spent as much time with my wife engaging in quality time and just being human and just, you know, living this life of contentment and living a life of calm um, rather than this addiction to chaos and crisis that I think so many of us are so caught up in. So. Well, I am so thrilled you came on the show to tell us Uh, about all the good you are doing. How do people find you? Yeah. You know, easiest way is um, I keep all of my projects kind of up to date on DerekStrokon.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll have links to all the companies It has links to the books, to the TEDx, right. um, everything that I'm getting involved in and doing and pursuing that matches my sacred line is available right on there. But uh, yeah, all major social media platforms and just, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I would, for anybody who loves to chat, I'm I'm a big fan of connecting with other humans. Uh, I mean, I loved our chat and that was why you ended up here. So I um, am so grateful you're here. Thank you for doing all the good you're doing. And guys, please connect with with Derek. He's amazing on LinkedIn. And obviously he's putting a lot of good back into the world. So thank you for listening to this episode of Heartbeat for Hire. Take care of yourselves and have a great day. Thanks, Lindsay.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Heartbeat for Hire podcast. If you liked what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review on Spotify or Apple and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I would be ever so grateful. I hope you found it useful. Have a wonderful day.